0: Welcome into the BT Powerhouse podcast. My name is Thomas Bendit. I am your host and manager of BT Powerhouse, as always. So uh, ex- excited for tonight's podcast. We got a, a great topic on the slate here. And really, these are all uh, all great topics here as we, we roll through our season preview series here on the BT Powerhouse podcast. Today, we're going to hit on the Illinois Fighting Illini the team that I have called previously on VT powerhouse this summer, the most interesting team in the big 10. And I say that for a plethora of reasons, which we will get into later. Um, we are going to have a uh, Brad from the champagne room, which is SB nation's Illinois site here uh, to help us break down Illinois here shortly. But I guess, uh, you know, from a general angle, you know, this is a very, very interesting season for Illinois. Uh, they're coming off, a, you know, a couple of down years, trying to get back to what John Gross did early in his tenure with the Illini and specifically his first season where the team was, you know, certainly one of the better, better units in the Big Ten, one of the better units in the country. Uh, you know, they finish at 23-13, and 13, 39th on Ken Palm, That was uh, at one point they got to 14-2, and including, you know, a huge win at home over Ohio State. Uh, Really, you know, they blew out of Ohio State in that game. You know, for those of you who remember, um, it was a Saturday day game and uh, they took care of the Buckeyes. But unfortunately, things haven't been as bright since that moment. Um, they end up making the tournament that year. they beat Colorado, but they fall short in a controversial ending to the Miami game um, in the round of uh, 32, sorry. And uh, <laughs> um, But after that, you know, they get two NIT appearances um, in Gross's next two years in 2014 and 2015. And then last year, they struggle to a 15 and 19 record, um, his first losing season. With Illinois, um, and when I say he, I'm referring to John Gross, and the team finishes a dreadful 132 on Ken Palm. They probably should have uh, finished lower in the uh, the Big Ten standings, but they sort of lucked out um, with a with really bad Minnesota and Rutgers teams um, also playing in the conference that year. But you know, and and now. You know, this is a, a crucial year for Illinois, a crucial year for John Gross, trying to recover, uh, you know, as as we just went through, uh, you know, from some real regression, um, you know, just, just from Ken Palm ratings, you know, you've dropped from 39 to 132 over the last four years. You've, in win total, you've dropped from 23 to 15, um, and in Big Ten uh, wins, you've dropped from you know, eight or nine to five. Uh, it's been major regression. And, and this year, I guess, is the year to to try to turn some of that tide uh, in the uh, the right direction, I guess, if you're a, an Illinois fan. Um, the good news is, is that there's talent on this team. This isn't a roster without any pieces. Uh, there's a lot of unknowns on the roster and a lot of guys – either coming off of injury or, you know, young players who are trying to uh, get things rolling, I guess, so to speak. But uh, there's talent, I guess, I guess is the, uh, the key way to put it. Um, You know, you have, you have players like, like Mike Thorne coming back. You have Malcolm Hill, who was obviously an absolute beast last year for Illinois, Um, you know, you have Coleman lands back in the backcourt. Um, you should have Tracy Abrams back for what seems like the first year in, you know, a quarter century. Um, so it's, uh, it's interesting, you know, there, there is talent. Um, so there, there are things to like to like about this team. I'm not, you know I I don't want to spoil any of the predictions here we usually save that for the end of, end of the podcast got to keep the uh, the listeners uh, tuned in um, but uh, you know I, uh, I I like the roster but I don't necessarily think it quite has everything together uh, together excuse me to make a, a big run so I'm, I'm a little skeptical we'll we'll see what Brad has to say I'm uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to, to break down things um, uh, for this team. As, as I said, I, I I think they're one of the, um, I, I, I think, I think this is a unit who that can go any, <laughs> any way of, you know, multiple different directions, which I don't think is the case for a lot of teams in the big 10. I, I think a lot of them are grouped into specific groups grouped into specific groups Uh, they're sorted into specific tiers this year Um, and I I don't think there are many teams this year who have this massive upside and this massive downside Um, you know from a, a serious standpoint I mean what what other team is there that you know they're coming off a losing season and yet they could have a potential all Big Ten guy at like four or five spots, maybe even five, probably not five, but four or five spots. Um, That's incredible. Incredible to think about that. This is a team that had a losing record last year that really wasn't competitive in the big 10 and outside of a win over Purdue. Well, I mean, I, I guess they had the, the big 10 tournament run as well, but um, you know, for the entire regular season outside of a win over Purdue, Really didn't look all that good um, at really any point. And, and again, I'm, I'm not trying to be hyperbolic here, but you know, it is our this is a team that went to triple overtime with Rutgers, uh, and you know they're coming back with, with this kind of talent to really really make some noise um, this season. So I'm I'm really intrigued by uh, what this uh, this team has to offer. Um, just waiting here a, a minute or two longer for uh, for Brad to join us. I'm uh, I'm excited uh, to get into this. Excited to get in. I'm not I'm not sure what uh, the delay is, so to speak, but uh, hopefully he should uh, be here uh, shortly. I guess. Um, but yeah, so I'll, I'll I'll just jump right into it um, from my end of things. And uh, once Brad gets on here, we'll we'll start breaking down the roster here, but. Um, usually start with what are the general feelings around this program? What are the general expectations? Um, I'll defer to Brad for the, the feelings around the program when, when he gets here um, and joins us for the podcast. But as far as expectations go, um, I, I think this is, and, and again, this is, this is why I think this is team is so interesting, is I don't think you can narrow down expectations on this team. I think it is very, very different depending on every person you talk to. Um, I think the general consensus is that this team is probably somewhere around the middle of the big 10, maybe a tad lower than that for the, you know, again, the general consensus overall for everyone. But I've heard, I've heard people talk about this as a top four, top five team, and Honestly, I don't, I don't necessarily think they're insane with those predictions either. I, I just think the issue is, is that the predictions for this team are so all over the place because of this combination of experience, talent, and underwhelming results <laughs> for the last, uh, what, two, three years here. So, I mean, it's easy to see why this team can compete. It's also very easy to see why this team could drip right into the problems they've had the last two years, you know, struggle to be consistent offensively, struggle to defend, um, you know, whether it's inside the paint or outside the perimeter. Uh, So, I mean, it's, it's easy to see why expectations are so all all over the place. What I would say though, is I, I think most people expect this team to be in the NCAA tournament conversation by season's end. I don't know, whether most people think they're going to be in or out, but I think most people think they will be on that bubble and going into the big 10 tournament. uh, You know, they're going to be in play, so to speak, for, for that, uh, that NCAA tournament berth. I I don't think this is going to be a shoe in team. I don't think this is a team that is going to go into the big 10 tournament without some sweat and without some pressure, uh, I'm sure Illinois fans and certainly John Gross and his family uh, wish that he was in a comfortable position and this team was in a comfortable position, but I, I just don't see it. Cause I, I think there are holes on this team, which we'll get to later. Um, and I, I think there are, you know, enough red flags to make me think that they're going to lose some games. They shouldn't lose that. They're not going to knock off some good teams that maybe they should, or, or maybe they shouldn't, I guess, but uh you know, I, I think they're gonna lose some games that are gonna hold them back from being a, a comfortable NCAA tournament team. So I would <clears throat> I would say the expectation is they're gonna be a bubble team. They're you know, personally I, I think they would lean a little bit closer to the NIT than the NCAA tournament, but I could certainly be talked into either way here just because I as I said, I, I think this is a team that you could project reasonably almost anywhere except the very top of the big ten. Uh, so I, I, I would say that those are kind of the general uh, expectations uh, for the line I had in that was into this season. Um, and, you know, the big question with this team, the big storyline, you know, you can talk about talent, you can talk about recruiting, you can talk about whatever you want. The story of this team is John Gross. You know, this is the year. Um, this is a question I'll be interested to ask Brad uh, when he, when he does join us here in a couple minutes and I, I promise he is coming. Uh, (laughs) uh, But the thing that I'm, I'm, you know, everyone's watching for is, is John Gross going to get fired at the end of this year? You know, people can beat around the bush all they want. They can spin, they can talk about this or that. But the, the truth is, is that, um, you know, this is a make or break season for him. I, I just, You know, again, like I said, I don't want to speculate as far as what the Illinois community wants to say and and what Brad thinks about this. Um, But I have a hard time believing that this is a year where this team can underwhelm and John Gross comes back, or, uh, you know, this team can fall apart due to injuries. and, And again, John Gross can come back. I think he's used up a lot of those excuses, you know, fair or not. I think they've been, you know, activated, they've been used. He's expended them, and I think this is a year where you got to produce or people are going to be looking in a different direction. I, I just think that's the reality, and um, that may be something fans don't like, but, you know, for the next uh, <laughs> next couple of months here, that's going to be the story. And, uh, you know, for Illinois fans' sake or Illini fans' sake, you have to hope that it remains a question into February or March. And this thing hasn't spun out of control, uh, because again, for as much talent and as much upside as this team has, they absolutely have a downside and this could be a really rough year too. So I would, uh, start, start with that. Um, as far as general expectations and, uh, general hopes, so to speak, um, for this team, but, but with that, um, Let's jump into uh, some of the some of the roster stuff here. I want to start with the the departures, or at least what I view as the key departures, which there are there are a couple here um, for the Illini that are absolutely worth mentioning. Um, and the uh, I guess you know the key one without a doubt, that is going to have the biggest impact is Kendrick Nunn um, getting kicked off the roster, going to Oakland, uh, uh, you know, the team in Michigan. Uh, (laughs) Obviously, you know, not the Golden State Warriors, but uh, um, Kendrick Nunn being kicked off the team. I, I don't really want to get into his legal issues, you know, what may or may not have happened, what Illinois' response should or should not have been. Um, you know, that that's for other people to speculate on. I don't want to get into that too much, but the truth of the matter is he departs and he was a massive, massive contributor last year. There's no getting around it. Um, I would say Malcolm Hill was a bigger contributor. I I don't think anyone would disagree with that, but, you know, just to put this into perspective, Kendrick Nunn. Was uh, tied with Malcolm Hill for percentage of shots taken while on the floor. So essentially, his usage rate is about equivalent to Malcolm Hill. He had a better effective field goal percentage. He was a better three-point shooter last year. Um, better at holding onto the ball. I wouldn't say he was as good of a passer as Malcolm Young or Malcolm Hill, excuse me. But uh, Kendrick Nunn easily, easily top two player for Illinois last year, and certainly in terms of just raw production you know, one could make a case that he was with Hill. I, I think, you know, again, he was a definitely a step back from, from Hill, but you can make the case that he was pretty close. Um, and I think, uh, you know, so it's, essentially you start out with non leaving, you're losing the, uh, the second best player on the, uh, the entire roster. You know, that's, <laughs> that's not an easy thing. Um, to get over, you know, that, that, sorry about that. <laughs> that uh, I don't, I'm babbling there. Um, overcoming the, you're you know, losing your number two player in the roster. That's not something that's easy to overcome. You know, I don't care what kind of talent you got. I don't care what you have. That's not something you can ever just check a box and just assume it's going to happen. So, I mean, you, you start out with the loss of him, uh, You didn't lose a a ton elsewhere. Um, You know, you lose a couple transfers for guys who didn't play. And, uh, you know, it wasn't a very senior-laden team. Um, You do lose Cal Lewis in the backcourt, who was, generally speaking, uh, the primary option at point guard guard, or at least a 50-50 split with Tate. So, I mean, that's a – that's certainly a notable loss, not on the same level as none, but uh, you know, so you're losing your, your number two guy, you're losing a primary option at point guard. So, I mean, I'm not going to say you're losing two starters just because, you know, Lewis didn't play the minutes to argue and he wasn't quite good enough uh, to really, you know, shake your fist about losing him. But, you know, those are, those are two, very notable losses um the good news is is there's a lot of uh talent still on the roster which we'll get to here shortly and you are adding at least one piece here um from tijon lucas uh the incoming point guard from uh milwaukee i think uh you know he he could be a uh a nice addition here you know i uh I'm, I'm not necessarily optimistic about him making a huge splash from day one, but uh, you know, I I think he uh, I think he could make some noise. That's <laughs> that, that that is what I would say. Um, and then the other guy who is sort of a new addition, sort of not, Kipper Nichols, who transferred in from uh, what, Tulane. Um, again, this is sort of one of the uh, the delayed additions, so to speak. Um, I believe he's not eligible until the second semester, Um, but he he is an addition. I don't necessarily anticipate him having a massive impact early on, especially because Illinois does have a lot of bodies on that wing. But uh, so two interesting additions. I I don't think either of them, as I mentioned, are going to be top tier guys right away, but I, I think both of those guys could factor in as we move forward, but it looks like we do have Brad here uh, to help us break down the roster. Um, Brad, how's it going?
1: Oh, I'm, I'm doing well, man. Uh, good, to, uh, good to talk with you. This whole live podcast thing is kind of fun. I mean, the water's a little warmer <laughs> over here. I mean, over in, produ- in production land, things can get a little bit, uh, a little bit hectic. So it's, uh, it's kind of nice to have this going for us. But thanks for having me on, man. I'm looking forward to it yeah yeah
0: we're excited to have you on excited to chat Illinois i've been chatting them here for a little bit um yeah it's always it's always wild in the live world so don't uh don't do anything crazy here uh to get us uh tagged with the adult label or whatever <laughs> but, uh, oh no hey i was, we
1: were just oddly enough i just came from uh here we go first shot out of the day um just came from the uh from talking with the big red cobcast guys over at nebraska for uh, the illinois nebraska football game. Um, but, uh, I was just explaining to them that the, uh, the TCR podcast currently does not have an explicit tag next to them on uh, <laughs> iTunes. So the goal is to keep that a constant baby, you know, that, that's that family <laughs> quality podcast, big 10 talk. So don't worry. We, uh, we know how that goes over here.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. We, we've been good so far, but, uh, trying to keep the streak going, trying to keep it going. Um, but so far,
1: you know, we, we've been talking
0: about expectations for this year. We've been talking about pressure on John Gross coming into the season. Um, we just got into some of the new additions coming to the roster. Um, mm-hmm. First off, uh, what, what are your general thoughts coming into this season? Um, what, what's your average Illinois fan thinking? And, uh, you know, as well, you know, we, I was just talking about um What do you, what do you think of the new additions to the team uh, primarily Lucas
1: so I want to say it was what early March, early to mid March of last year. Uh, we had just found out that Kendrick Nunn was uh, was accused of a domestic violence situation. Um, LaRon Black was uh, was was in I don't know if he was in custody for um, for uh, for an assault charge or something like that. I just we're we're down in the dumps. Um, we don't even want to talk about football and how we extended our head coach for two seasons, <laughs> which is the death sentence of college football. And all of a sudden, through this shimmering light in the distance, out comes Josh Whitman and uh, our new athletic director, Whitman. And Josh has been unbelievable in terms of the vision that he's had for Illinois athletics. Not just football, since he is the former tight end um, for the Illini uh, in the uh, in the late '90s, early 2000s. But he immediately approached John Gross and said, "You're going to be the guy that brings us back to relevancy." and after what it was, I think we won 23 games, I want to say, in 2012, 2013, made it to the tournament, had a pretty good stint in the tournament as well. Um, but then since then we've won, what was it, 20 games in 13-14, in 19 and 14-15, and then 15 games last season. Oh, I, the, mind you, you could play the the injury card all you want in that whole scenario, but um, to finally have – that, that mentality, at least from a fan standpoint of John Gross is our head coach and he's our head coach for the foreseeable future. Regardless of what the history has been, it's nice to have a little bit of, um, of consistency in a leadership position.
0: Yeah, yeah, certainly. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of been a pretty big transition for Illinois there over the summer, you know, picking it up on the recruiting trail, certainly with, you know, Lovey Smith and all the things on the the football side of things. Um, But a big year, a big year for John Gross. Um, I was doing my own speculation uh, early on, which is always a dangerous game. Uh, But uh, um, John Gross, do you, I, my gut here is that this is a key. He he has to make, get this team to the NCAA tournament or close, um, or it could be Mm -hmm. a rough off season. Uh, Do you share that view or do you think he's a lot safer than maybe the outsiders think?
1: I, I don't think that NCAA tournament or bust is quite the mentality that we have this year, just because of what John Gross has, has been able to do from a recruiting standpoint for our 2018 class I mean, right now, Illinois in two seasons is sitting with the, for, for 2017, we've got the third best recruiting class in college basketball right now, which is unheard of for us. Um, you, you were able to sign a five-star uh, player in Jeremiah T- Jeremiah Tillman, excuse me. Um, you know, definitely, definitely good to have some sort of at least some stability on that side of things. Again, because for the last what two or three seasons, the the mentality has been if you're looking for talent look for transfer students. And yeah, at least from a fan standpoint, it's good to have that immediate turnover. I mean, look at Mike Thorne now, what we've got in the, in the center position, um, coming from Charlotte last year was going to be his one year with us. Um, and, and thankfully the NCAA granted him a, a medical red shirt. Um, we're going to have him back this season in our front court. Um, having having that after you had a, you know, NBA talent and Myers Leonard leave, and then Nana who who is arguably one of the most underrated centers in Big Ten basketball history. I will fight. I totally, you I you totally agree with that. <laughs> um, it was unbelievable how great he was um, and how underappreciated he was, especially not just from a, from a national standpoint, but also from a, uh, um, from a, from a fan standpoint within the, our own community. Um, it's it's interesting though. I, I don't think that if John Gross doesn't make the NCAA tournament this year, we're all, all gonna want him fired. Um I will say that if he if if the if the number of wins that we generate this season are anywhere in the eighteen to nineteen range, I think that's the bar that he's gotta clear. Um and, and this is uncharted territory for us. I think the last time that we haven't made the NCAA tournament in three consecutive years, you have to go back to, I want to say the, uh, the seventies. Um, so this just kind of this uncharted territory of, you know, no postseason direction is, is a little bit weird for fans, but I definitely think that Illini fans are willing to wait this out just one more year with that promise of, of Jeremiah Tillman um, I know we've got Frank Williams, uh, DeMonte Williams, uh, Frank Williams' son, uh, just, recruit, or, um, just accepted our, uh, our offer as a point guard now. We'll have him um, as well as Trent Frazier and Javon Pickett. So, I mean, you've got, you've got four players that could define an era of Illinois basketball um, in a year or two just with that recruiting class. So I definitely think having gross around for that class is going to be what Illinois fans are most interested in.
0: Mhm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I think it'll be interesting to watch and uh whether some of the the recruiting afterglow, so to speak, does wear off uh if things if things uh turn sour here uh in the next month or two or or whether, you know, things uh are successful, I guess. <laughs> but uh but with that, let let's let's jump into some of the roster here. Um I've hit on uh, a couple of the guys in the backcourt, um but starting in the backcourt uh, you know you're getting tracy abrams back hope you know hopefully he's 100 percent ready to roll uh but you're like what, three times. bad
1: knees now or something i forget
0: <laughs> the never-ending uh series of injuries uh, which, uh i should i should joke about that i feel bad i feel bad for him uh but yeah what do you, what do you, what do you girls a
1: run for his money
0: <laughs> uh what do you what do you make of the backcourt? Uh, who are the guys to watch, and uh, how good should this unit be for uh, Illinois?
1: It's going to be interesting um, with uh, with the with the two additions to the team this season. So first of all, you have Kipper Nichols, who um, due to the transfer rules through the NCAA, I think he sits out the first eleven games. So we get him at the United center game for uh, Illinois. That's against BYU um, at the end of the, uh, the the fall semester Um, Nichols is going to be that power forward that we haven't had in quite some time. Um, I know black, I think is a registered power forward. Don't hold me to that, but um, black could essentially be a center and, you need, at least from a backcourt standpoint, you do need kind of a bigger man in order to um, to set some offense. I know um, we all, as basketball fans, kind of harken back to the days of the 2004-2005 the season with the Illini. Um, you look at the backcourt then with D Brown, uh, Darren Williams, and, and Luther Head, I think Darren was, what, 6'4", 6'5", I want to say um so having at least a little bit bigger sized forward is going to be crucial and i think that's going to help um john gross's offense as well especially because he likes to shoot the three ball um especially with the backcourt that we have too and i know that um tracy abrams kind of harkening back to the the bruce weber days um abrams was the uh the <laughs> He's, he was he was the uh, the the effort chuck it kind of a guy, um, you know it, the that element of if I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this up if I can sort of a thing and I think that in his in his maturity and his growth I mean the last two seasons he hasn't played competitive ball due to injury um, mm. I really hope that that Abrams is more of that quarterback for the Illini. Um, he's definitely got a lot of players in the backcourt that are going to help surround him in terms of you know putting up the three ball. Um, you look at Malcolm Hill, who arguably is going to be one of the better guards um, in all of college basketball this season. I know he's coming off of a great summer uh, nationally, and even he's big enough to almost be kind of that power forward, forward-esque um, player, but he's more of a shooting guard. Um, Jalen Tate, I would say, is definitely somebody I'd be curious to see how he's grown from last season. Um, he got a little bit turnover happy later in the season um, once injuries kind of set in. I know he was playing hurt. Um, I think he, like, poked in the eye or something. He needed uh, needed some reconstruction on that or, or something along those lines. But, um, but having Tate back and hopefully healthy, um, to, to have him partner with Malcolm Hill, I mean, both guys are, are Chicago guys. Um, you know, mm-hmm. you throw in Tracy Abrams as well, who's from that area. You really hope that the three of them can mesh and uh, and really launch a, a solid shooting attack that are going to want to make players guard the perimeter more often when the Illini are coming down the front court. Or, right, coming down the court, rather. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm kind of in agreement. I, I know, you know, at least for me, uh, there's a lot of promise. There's, there's also a lot of red flags, a lot of concern mm-hmm. um, across this group. And, you know, you start with Abrams, which, you know, He was, you know, during his last season when he was healthy, which I think was, you know, the summer of 1876. uh, Yeah, seriously. uh, (laughs) But, uh, you know, he was the team's best passer. And if you can get a guy in there, a prototypical point guard that can play, you know, at least okay defense, uh, you know, pass the ball, feed the guy, feed the shooters, um, you know, that would be a huge boost to a position that's that's kind of been an Achilles heel uh, over the last couple of years. And then, I mean, you have Coleman Lance who – was great as a freshman but can he go from a freshman to a potential all big 10 guy I don't know I mean I I think so but I'm Mm -hmm. not sure uh and then I mean you know Malcolm Hill is obviously a machine at this point there there's nothing there but but you know you outside of him you know you got you got guys like Black you got guys like Jordan uh you know Austin who are all they've shown some promise but none of them have shown a ton uh so I mean finding that, that last guy in the rotation, finding a couple backups is going to be interesting and and challenging. So, I mean, I, I like, I like the group. I, I think there's, you know, it's pretty easy to find two, three, maybe even four quality starters, uh, but things could also go off the rails as well uh, outside of hell. So, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's, I, I think the backcourt is going to be very interesting. For I, I really, to me, Illinois is like the most interesting team, uh, for me in the Big oh, Ten. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, I mean, well, it's just... you look
1: at look at the talent we bring, we're bringing in too. I mean, you have Kajon Lucas, who, I, in the land of undersized point guards, he's going to be looking to Tracy Abrams to try to coach him along in his freshman season, and hopefully with Abrams and his passing experience. Again, Abrams coming from that Weber. Um, that Weber offense, like, geez, I can't believe, it again, he's a Bruce Weber player. Um, like you said, 1876 is when he was recruited. But, um, but no, I mean, Abrams is, is, is kind of conditioned to to pass the ball first and foremost instinctually. And if he can teach mm-hmm. K. John Lucas to do that, um, more power to the Illini and more power to John Gross. Because, again, if you do look at some of the guys that we do have lined up, Uh, in the future to play on the team or even some of the, um, some of the younger players. I mean, you look at an Aaron Jordan, for example, as the shooting guard, again, at a six five guy who can definitely throw the ball up. Um, he's definitely a player that, that could kind of be a resource that Lucas could look to as he's coming down the court. Um, you know, we'll get to the front court in a little bit, but I definitely think that it's, it's more power to Tajon Lucas. It's more power to John gross to be able to have, um, you know, some experience right now in Abrams to kind of teach Lucas, you know, this is the way of the force sort of a thing. And then hopefully what that does is that sets up the, uh, that sets up the Illinois backcourt just for, for years to come again, Lucas hopefully learns his, learns the style. And I believe Trent Frazier is going to be the next guy that comes in as a, uh, as the point guard. I think he was the one who we um, committed to have a, to having as our point guard, but um, yeah, Trent Frazier. Just again, pass it down the line, sort of a thing. Keep it going, and uh, and that's just not only going to improve Illinois from a depth perspective, but it's also going to improve us um, from a shot quality perspective. Because again, if you dish the rock enough times, there's going to be plenty of open looks.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. I I agree. It's uh, I I, I think that could be a, a big long-term boost, especially if Lucas. You know, you can kind of ease him in. Um, who knows? I mean. I, I don't want to speculate, and it, it's tough to make it through a season without doing it. But I mean, you could potentially redshirt him. I mean, I don't know. I doubt it will happen, but it's it's possible if, if Tate and Abrams are can man all the minutes there. And I mean, I'm certain mm-hmm. you know you could move you could move over Coleman Lance for five minutes a game if you had to. Um, sure, that's, that's a that's a different story and not really that important for the team overall. But uh, but yeah, so I mean, uh, a lot to like. A lot of interesting pieces, um, but moving to the front court, um, Illinois, get, I'll Illinois like, gets oh. back the guy. Uh, they get back Mike Thorne, who was really good for, like, a couple games, oh. and then he was just gone. Uh, and then he yep. was sort of back yep. for, like, a second. But uh, mm-hmm. um, what should we make in the front court? Is Mike Thorne for real? Um, and how do you see things unfolding up there for Illinois this year?
1: Depending on how – John Gross manages games this season, Illinois could have the best front court in the Big Ten. You heard it here first. Um, Very bold. look at <laughs> Look at the experience we have in the front court. I, okay, first of all, like you mentioned, you've got Mike Thorne, who's coming in, I believe he's, a, well, he's officially a graduate student. It's his second year at Illinois, but his sixth year in college basketball. Um, that is definitely something to uh, – to look into, especially from a, a front court standpoint, because if you need a guy who can command the post, I, he's a machine, not to mention he has been known to step back and take those, you know, eight to 10 foot jump shots. So I definitely like Thorne there. Um, and then you take a look around him from the power forward standpoint, Michael Finke is an absolute machine champagne's own. He's a red shirt sophomore, but third year in the program, third year used to coach gross. And last year, finky was running the show. Um, with all of the injuries that we had, uh, in 2014, 15 and 15, 16, he got thrown into the fire. So I think he's definitely used to that leadership role from the, uh, from the forward perspective. Now you surround him with Kipper Nichols, which again, Nichols will be in here. And even though he's a little bit younger, six foot six, that's going to be a huge asset to the Illini, especially if they're going to try to move the ball into the post. Um, And now you surround that with bench players. Maverick Morgan was forced to uh, to step up big in a lot of games last season. If I remember correctly, Morgan's the reason why we ended up uh, beating Rutgers in that three overtime banger of a game. Oh, that was uh, that was a Uh, gem, Big Ten classic. (laughs) Yeah, game of the year for sure. Um, And and then Cameron List coming off the bench as well. So I mean, there's not only do we have the starting lineup that could give a relatively not young backcourt, but uh, for lack of a better term, inexperienced when playing together backcourt, you could give them a lot of confidence with how secure the front court is. And again, that's to your point um, with, with Tracy Abrams and and hopefully the point guard position, that's where if you could get the ball into the post um, not only our defense is going to collapse, hopefully they do. um, And that opens up shots on the outside perimeter, but, you could get the ball inside and you've got three players that can make plays. Um, Now I will say, I want to say it's Laron Black's going to be out for what the first five, six games of the year due to suspension. Um, And I haven't even mentioned Laron Black as well. He'll probably be a starter. Um, Super talented, very emotional player though. Um, It'll be, I hope that he comes back a little more level headed. um, Especially after the, um, especially after his, his incident with the law um, and everything else, I, I really hope that he comes back into more of a leadership role. Because, again, Black is one of those players that could absolutely change the course of a game come Big Ten play, how gritty those games can be, how um, centered those games are around ball control, um, time management, clock management, and, uh, and controlling the foul line. So yeah, there's definitely a lot of promise there. And I will say that as long as John Grove utilizes them um, – in a, in a more stable game plan, I definitely think that that front court could prove to be one of the best in the big 10 this season.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not quite on the, the best in the big 10 train. Uh, Oh, come uh, on. (laughs) Sorry to be a hater. Uh, But uh, (laughs) I, I I do like the group. I think they can be one of the better ones in the big 10. I, I definitely would agree with that. You know, you have Mike Thorne who, you know, Uh, By, you know, playing limited time, you know, was a outstanding rebounder. I mean, his defensive rebounding number was just like 31.5% defensive rebounding rate. Mm -hmm. That's absolutely insane. And uh, again, limited time, primarily crappy competition, but still, I mean, those are big numbers. Uh, He was a scoring machine, took up a huge part of the offense, Uh, you know, potential all big 10 player there. I don't know if it will Mm -hmm. happen, but uh, you know, it could, Uh, you know, you have Morgan who's really experienced and, you know, I I'm not convinced Finky is going to be a, like a big time player in the big 10, but uh, as a backup, I think he can be great. Um, And he's also diverse enough to where he can, you know, pick up backup minutes elsewhere too, if they need him there. So, I mean, I like the front court. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of potential here. Um, I'm not quite convinced it's going to be quite on the same level as, you know, Indiana and Purdue and, and Wisconsin. Uh, but I, I think it'll be a, uh, a talented group, as you mentioned, a ton of experience and uh, certainly better than last year. I would, I would imagine, but, uh, mm-hmm. but moving on from that. Um, so we kind of, we kind of took a look at the roster here, uh, moving into the schedule. Um, not going to ask for your prediction oh yet. Uh <laughs> But um, Illinois has a uh, – I, I have generally thought Illinois has done a great job in their non-conference scheduling uh, year in and year out. I think they do a good job of uh, mixing between winnable games and RPI boosters and uh, name brands, so to speak. I don't know if there's any huge name brands this year, but uh, you, know, you get NC State, you get uh, BYU, you get Missouri – or uh, Missouri – um, and you get uh, there we go. You get, you get West Virginia, and you get uh, Detroit as well, um, with the Detroit game coming at home. Uh, what do yep. what do you make of the non-conference schedule? Do you do you like, or how much do you dislike the fact, I guess, that there isn't any huge name um, on here? And uh, do you how do you think it'll affect a potential tournament run?
1: So shout out to Robert Rosenthal, um, at a lion, I a L I O N E Y E on, uh, on Twitter. He is, uh, He's a big college football fan, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tie in his, his ode to rebuilding a program to what Illinois has done with basketball. And the big thing he says from a football standpoint, and I think this absolutely harkens true when it comes to basketball as well with your non-conference games, it's scheduled games that you know you have a chance to win no matter who you're playing. Um, especially from the instance of, I think, what, the first five games. Again, we're going to be out, uh, blacks out of, for the first five or six games, I want to say. Um, and because of that, you need to have five games that you know you can win um, with, with a limited depth chart, if you will. And the first five games, the biggest concern, actually, you mentioned Detroit. I'd have to say Winthrop is maybe a little scarier. Um, that, uh, that game coming right before the trip out east to uh, to Brooklyn for the um, for the Barclays Center, um, definitely a game that the Illini could overlook. I don't think they do, but I want to say that's the toughest one going into our um, our non-conference tournament season, if you will. Um, and then we've got the uh, the NIT. Uh, season preview or, or whatever they call that one. Um, yeah. West Virginia is obviously a great team. Uh, Bob Huggins is phenomenal. They were what top 10 at uh, at a certain point last season um, in the big 12, which who obviously is a stacked conference when it comes to basketball at the top. Um, but outside of, outside of that West Virginia game, I really don't see a game where the Illini are out of it before we even step in the gym. And that to me, is uh, is is crucial when when you're scheduling a non-conference schedule, um, because going into the, the the rigorous season that is a Big Ten conference schedule, um, you'd like to have anywhere from you know 10 to 11 wins, sort of a thing, um, to to give yourself a chance to you know hopefully break roughly about 500 um, in conference, especially for the Illini, who again we haven't been in the we haven't been into the um, the NCAA tournament in the last three seasons. Uh, three consecutive seasons, that's definitely something that I know fans are really looking forward to this season, um, especially as a measuring stick. But I still think um, as long as we can be competitive in our, um, in our non-conference schedule, I would say the benchmark is definitely 10 game or 10 wins. Um, Which again, if you consider like West Virginia is, is an absolute, is um, going to be an absolute beast, especially on a uh, on the road in a quote-unquote neutral site game in New York. Um, you know, Temple could be kind of scary. You know, you saw how competitive they were against Iowa last season, even though Iowa really wasn't as great as anybody thought they were. But, um, you know, VCU and Miami could be kind of a trap game as well. And for whatever reason, our non-conference games take us to the United Center in Chicago, which I do like those games. I like the concept of those games. We cannot win those games. I don't know why. Um, Chicago's a great city. It happens to be where I'm at right now. Shout out, uh, shy city, love y'all. But for whatever reason, we can't seem to solidify the the neutral home court advantage in the United Center. So um, it's definitely a non-conference schedule that Illinois can play well in. Uh, definitely a schedule that uh, that the Illini can can hopefully again put together nine, ten, eleven wins in, and uh, and hopefully set us up for a conference play um, where we get our full roster back when Nichols comes onto the team. Black is healthy again. Uh, Jalen Coleman Lands has got a broken hand. He's going to be out until roughly I think it was November December, um, which takes you to just about the end of the non conference schedule. So definitely look for those last four games: um, the the Uwe Pui game, uh, Central Michigan, BYU, and Missouri. Those four. Um, to where uh, Illinois' roster for the season really revs up into high gear.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I, I like the schedule. Uh, you know, that West Virginia game, you know, as you said, is it, going to be uh, <laughs> a major challenge. But, yeah, all the rest are, are certainly, at least I would think, generally winnable. Um, yeah, I mean, I, what, I like what are your... it. Oh, go ahead.
1: No, I was gonna say, um you know, and on the topic of scheduling, i mean from a from a big ten standpoint, obviously you've got the big ten a c c game which is n c state um for the Illini. um but that one in v c u how scary are those games to you from a from kind of an outside perspective
0: i mean i i I mean the, the obvious you know start is the fact that we don't really know how good illinois is uh, just mm-hmm. generally you know we've talked about the fact that you know. I wouldn't be shocked if this team finished like 12th in the big 10. I wouldn't be shocked if they finished like fourth or fifth. I just, I think this is one of those years where they're, they're hard to place. Uh, but for a, what generally seems to be considered like a bubble team. Um, I think they can, I think they can beat NC state. I think NC state generally is very inconsistent. Um, I know they always have a lot of talent, but I'm, I'm generally kind of skeptical of their coaching. I think they, go up and down a lot. And I think that tends to go back to coaching a lot. Um, and VCU, I, I, I think that's going to be a tough game. I definitely think the Miami location is really weird uh, for that game, mm-hmm. oh, but, uh, but I, I think Illinois can win it. I, I think there'll be an underdog in that game, to be honest. Uh, but sure. I certainly don't think it's out of reach. I think, uh, but I do think the NC state game, I, I, I don't know. My gut says Illinois will pull it off. You know, I certainly I'd like to see mm-hmm. what Illinois looks like first. Uh, <laughs> but, sure. uh, but yeah, I mean sure. I, I I think outside of that West Virginia game, I, I think all of these they can win. My guess is they'll probably drop one or two. Uh, just you mm-hmm. know, just how college basketball works. But uh sure. yeah, I, I I like the schedule and I, I don't think what I think they do a great job about um, in Il- Illinois' athletic department is not choosing the games against the RPI bombs or at least not loading yep. up on them. Uh, man, I yep. hate that. I hate when teams do that. It's just idiotic. Uh, but I've ranted about that on this podcast like eight times, so I will avoid Looking that. Looking at you,
1: game. Chris Collins in Northwestern. <clears throat> what? <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, yeah. They uh, they tend to do that. Um, but uh, before <laughs> before we get into some – actual predictions on the record and so on um let's start with just general team strengths weaknesses uh what what's one strength that you see from this team and what's one weakness in terms of whether it's shooting whether it's rebounding uh what do you uh, see from this team
1: uh strength definitely is is the fact that we are not wait let me find something wood here um knock on wood we're healthy for the most part again jcl's out with a broken hand um a couple of uh, a couple of suspensions um but for the most part we're coming into the season fresh and healthy and that is that was for the last two seasons kind of the the arguing point for for the john gross um you know should stay fan club and it was he hasn't had a healthy team to coach. And for the first time in three years now, we kind of have an idea of where this team is and uh, and what we have coming up in front of us. So I definitely think that they can, you know, the, it's, it's, it's out there in front of them to take, um, which I consider that a strength. I definitely like knowing that, you know, the the guys have had a, a summer to at least practice together, kind of learn the, um, uh, learn the ropes in terms of the style of offense that Gross wants to run, um, especially from, especially defensively too, um, with the, uh, with the with the healthy front court. So I would definitely put a strength on that, but a weakness because of that is a lot of these guys haven't had game experience together. And that's where you look at a head coach. That's where you look at assistant coaches. That's where you look at D Brown. Um, you know, our, our player development and online relations guy, you know, you look at the, your staff and the people that have surrounded the program in the last couple of years, you look at them and go make this team a cohesive unit. And if you can get through, you know, the first couple games of the season, again, without a completely full roster with JCL um, Nichols and black out um, one by one, as guys slowly start coming back to the team, um, I would definitely look at the at that coaching staff to go get us, or you know, make this a cohesive unit. Make it make it a unit that um, that is going to play with each other this season. Because if they can't do that, um, there's there's definitely a chance that this team could end up in the 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 16 to 17 win column again. And if that happens, regardless of what we have from a recruiting standpoint, I think it's definitely. Going to be a uh, it's going to be a red hot seat for John Gross if they if if he wins only what sixteen seventeen games that's where next season you would look at him and go it's it's twenty three wins or you're gone sort of a thing um, uh, if you're looking for more uh, strengths and weaknesses on the court as opposed to <laughs> off the court. Um, a weakness, again, is, is I'm going to go back to the health issue. When you have a guy like Tracy Abrams, who's now played in two systems at Illinois, one with Bruce Weber, one with John Gross, you've got to hope that Abrams is is looking to, to find the power players on the team. Obviously, Malcolm Hill is the guy for, uh, for the Illini this season, and you've got to hope that that's kind of his first look uh, in terms of, of getting the ball to make plays. Um, Malcolm seems like I think he's put on a little more weight this season. He's actually bulked up um I want to say he was like what was he? He was about two fifteen or two ten last season. Now he's up to two twenty five. Hey, he looks great. Um and and because of that you hope that there's some confidence that comes with that and you'd love to see Hill take over games similar to a Ravante Rice um uh previous seasons or uh, even going further back to like a Demetri McHamy for Illinois, so hopefully um is able to kind of step up into that leadership role, um, that dominant player role, and, and take advantage of that. Um, but uh, definitely a, a strength is is having the uh, the ability to uh, to make a shot from pretty much anywhere on the court, from a backcourt standpoint. But you've got to hope that uh, that the right players are getting the ball at the right time. Uh,
0: yeah, you know that that's something I, I think it's you know, forgotten a lot uh, when we, you know, get attracted by these recruiting rankings and stats and, and so on and so forth is that, you know, these guys do have to play together. You know, these, these are real humans who have to communicate and, uh, you know, work and build as a team. Uh, so that'll be something to watch, you know, with, with so many guys in and out, you know, whether it was last year or, or the year before, uh, you know, getting that group to work together uh, will certainly be a, a major challenge in the coming months. Uh, but with that, Let's get into the money part of the podcast, the part everybody loves, uh, season predictions. Um, What do you see Illinois doing this year? How do you see them performing in non-conference? How do you see them performing within the Big Ten? Uh, I'm not going to ask for a specific record, but, you know, do they get above 20 wins? Do they make the postseason? Uh, What tournament? Um, What are your thoughts on this year's Illinois team?
1: National championship, without a doubt. Um, we're going all the way. We're going to play North Carolina in the championship game. Shout out to the Tar Heels. We're coming after you like 2005 again because you don't have Sean May, and we've got it this time. No. Um, overall, before you get into uh, Big Ten tournament play, right now I've got the Illini at 20 wins, 20 and 11 in the regular season. Um, you Just kind of breaking it down briefly, uh, the, the non-conference schedule, the, the bigger games, and I know we touched on them, uh, West Virginia, Bob Huggins in the Barclays Center. I, I love the Illini. I'm going to be watching that game. I think it's, what, it's an ESPN2 game or something like that, either ESPN2 or ESPNU. Um, but mm-hmm. I would definitely be watching that game um, uh, the, uh, the day before Thanksgiving. I think that is Thanksgiving Day, right, Thursday the 24th? Um, there you go. So, there you go. Big 10 fans, get a little fix of your turkey, get some cranberry sauce. I'm more of a stuffing guy myself. Um, sit down about 2 o'clock watch the I take on Bob Huggins and the West Virginia Mountaineers, because that's going to be a pretty solid game. Unfortunately, I don't think we win that one. Um, which means that you face either a very young Florida State team or the Temple Owls who saw, what, four players go, um, four players leave, one of which went to the pros. Um, so you would think that you would at least get that game. So you go one and one on that trip. Um, I definitely think we beat North Carolina State uh, that game. Um, you touched on it, Thomas, and I know I definitely that is like the game I'm circling uh, because if the Illini go into that game and State Farm Center, uh, you know, fresh, freshly renovated, still working on it. I believe it's a three-year process. We're in year two of the renovation, but year two means new scoreboard and ribbon boards inside. Yeah, baby. Um, looking forward to that. It should be a uh, it should be kind of a nice debut game. Uh, for the uh, for the Big Ten ACC challenge again, I think we came out last year. We played Notre Dame, um, rolled out the uh, the State Farm Center, and it was awesome. The fans came out in droves. The atmosphere was electric. We hang, we uh, were able to hang with the Irish for a little while. Um, that game was huge, and I think that is the uh, the the tipping point of this season for the Illini. Um, if the fans can get behind the team, if the uh, if the State Farm Center is rocking like the Assembly Hall used to. Um, that game is definitely one that could be a turning point because if you beat NC state and you absolutely trash them, like if you, if you beat them to a pulp, I'm talking 15 point winner or, or greater, the Illini will beat VCU in Miami on that Saturday. Um, however, if that <laughs> NC state game is inside of 15 points, if it's kind of a closer game, if it's a little scrappier, Um, I see that VCU game as a trap game in Miami and I have us losing that one. So unfortunately the optimist in me says that we, we, we beat VCU. The realist in me is going, we probably lose that one on the road. Again, like you said, it's, it's college basketball. You happen to get just kind of a weird game in that instance. So that may be a loss. Um, And again, for whatever reason, we don't play well in the United center, which is really unfortunate because the madhouse on Madison is a wonderful place to take in a sporting event. Um, shout-out to the good people over there. I told you, man, I'm going to try to plug as many people as I can, just, you know, helping you out a little bit. No. <laughs> um, the uh, That game, the BYU game is a trap game for Illinois, um, especially coming off of uh, the Uli Pui game and then Central Michigan. You wait a whole week. That's finals week. Um, and then you play the Cougars in Chicago. And, again, for whatever reason, whether it's like, I think it's UIC, we played last season and we lost. Or, no, we uh, played yeah. Oregon, I want to say. Um, but we lost to UIC two seasons ago, and then we lost to Auburn, and then we lost to Oregon. That game, for whatever reason, we can't seem to win. So, unfortunately, I have that as a loss as well. So, I've got us going 9-3 and three in the non-conference season um, with losses to BYU, VCU, and West Virginia. So, that being said, the Illini would have to put together a 10-8 and conference record in in order to uh, in order to make it to twenty and eleven and with with the exception of Maryland on the road, Indiana on the road, and Purdue on the road, anything is possible uh, on this schedule and especially in conference. Again, to your point, um, we really need to do we really need to establish an identity. Uh, in terms of what this team is going to do, um, the the starting lineups that that Gross is going to want to put together, um, the the players that are able to step up in crunch time, because again the Big Ten schedule, as you know, anything can happen, um, regardless of where you are and when you are. But for whatever reason, Mackey and West Lafayette's a great place to play. There, it's insane. And for whatever reason, we hang around for a couple of for a couple of minutes in the second half and then just completely get decimated there. We're not quite ready to beat Indiana at Assembly Hall now. Um, so we'll wait there. And then Maryland's going to be a tough game at the Xfinity Center. Um, Scott Van Pelt's going to like do a thing at halftime or something. That's not at all a thing, but I bet you he does. Um, <laughs> but uh, but outside of those games, I mean, I'm licking my chops against the, the, the Iowa Hawkeyes, both here and on, the, or both uh, in Champaign and on the road at Carver. Um, I'm licking my chops because you don't have to play Ohio State on the road. You don't have to play Michigan State on the road in conference. Um, Minnesota's at home. You don't have to play them in the barn. I, we, Our conference schedule is the best schedule that we could have for a quote-unquote rebuilding team. And given the opportunity, um, I would say, again, you take away the two Maryland games, uh, the two games against Indiana and Purdue, um, Wisconsin at home, like, yeah, we don't we don't play in the Kohl Center either uh, for whatever reason. Um, not a complaint because the Kohl Center is ridiculously hard to play in. Um, and look, we're not going to get into Bronson Kennedy or Nigel Hayes and how that team is still just unbelievable. They're going to run away with the Big Ten. That's, hey, if you want to put some money down on that one, like put a shiny new dime on it uh Wisco is gonna win it all um this season. I don't care I know I've got like Izzo fans just screaming at me right now in East Lansing. And you're good. I'm I promise you're good. You'll win like three games in the NCAA tournament to make my braggass look really good. Except for last year we're not gonna go into because it sucks for everybody. But um the uh I think you know, you, you have to think that losing to Wisconsin at home is definitely a possibility. Losing to Sparty at home is a possibility, and then I circled the Nebraska game on the road. Tim Miles, for some reason, has got our number, um, so they're kind of uh, they're going to take us at the vault um, in uh, in Lincoln, uh, third game or third to last game of the year. But um, I really like the five-game stretch of Minnesota at home, Northwestern on the road, which. Northwestern and Evanston, half the arena is orange anyways, so shout-out to I Nation up here in Chicago. Um, Penn State at home, Iowa on the road, and then Northwestern at home. That five-game stretch, um, I'm definitely looking at a five-game winning streak. And if you can do that, you only need five games. Hello, Rutgers on the road. Um, hello, Penn State and Iowa. Iowa at home, Penn State on the road there. Um, Michigan could be kind of tough, too. It'll be interesting to see um, – what they're able to do, especially with Beeline and the way that whole thing's orchestrated, but I, I gotta think that we beat them at home and lose to them on the road You go one and one against them, and then Ohio State on New Year's Day. I know that's to be determined in terms of TV. Watch that one be a CBS game. Um, especially, you know, Illinois upsetting Maryland at Maryland, and then <laughs> in comes Fad Mata and the Ohio State Buckeyes in the, you know, in the State Farm Center. Newly renovated, nice, shiny new arena. Press boxes, luxury suites. That could be a really good game, too. Um, so, uh, so that's my 10 of eights that puts you at 20 and 11, uh, win two games in the big 10 tournament. Now, mind you 10 and eight, I looked this up, uh, cause I did my homework, uh, before I came here. Um, 10 and eight last season would have put us at the eighth team in the big 10, which means that you're playing the nine seed, very likely Michigan. Um, and we're not going to talk about our record against Michigan in the big 10 tournament for, uh, for the last couple of seasons. Cause, Oh, it makes my heart melt. Um, and not in a good way. Uh, it breaks my heart. How We've about that? Enjoyed it. Um, We've enjoyed it. We've enjoyed it. Oh man, like we had all the opportunity in the world. What was it? Two seasons ago, um, twenty-win team. All you need to do is win two games in conference or in the conference tournament, and we get absolutely boat-raced by uh, by the Fighting Beelines over there. And I. I don't get it. Um I don't I don't get me wrong. Although you guys are missing uh, uh your one guy graduated. You're, uh, you're one perimeter shooter. Uh wait, are you talking that
0: year or, or for this upcoming this season? year? Oh, well this I mean season. they lost they lost LeVert. Uh That's lost, right, uh, yeah, Chris Levert. Yeah. So I mean they they lost him, they lost Spike, who's now at Purdue. Um I'm trying to think of – of who else here um Dawkins transferred um mm-hmm. but but yeah I mean you know not to get off track but that was that was one of the most bizarre games I've seen in a while oh, uh where it's so just like painful Illinois has everything to play for Michigan's season is basically done and they just destroyed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that game yep. was not competitive at all uh oh, but nonetheless
1: and then we go it's I was gonna say, and then like at the NIT, and then we walk into Alabama, the basketball version, not even the good version of Alabama, basketball version, and we tank. So uh, it'll be it'll be interesting. But I'm calling for a 20 win season, um, 20 and 11 uh, may at best maybe 22 wins. And again, if you win 22 games, you're in the tournament. 20 wins, you're a bubble team. You've gotta. And this is maybe where our schedule hurts us, but. You know, who knows? Maybe beating Maryland at home like we did last season, and that could be an upset and a quality win. You know, there's there's definitely a lot of opportunity there for the Illini to sneak in um, with an automatic, or not an automatic bid, but a um, but an at-large bid. If not, uh, you know, being a bubble team, and that's fine because look at what you have coming around the corner, Jeremiah Tillman and Williams, the son of our 2000 hero Frank Williams, the son is coming. Like everything is right there. It's just one year away. So give me 20 wins, give me either a a very low tournament seed berth or a very high NIT berth and uh, and just prepare us for next season.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, certainly uh, a reasonable projection. Um, I'm looking at my last uh, power rankings. I will have more before the season starts, so I may change this, but uh, I had Illinois at 10 uh, unfortunately, mm-hmm. right behind, right behind Northwestern, uh, right in front of Penn State. Really? As I, uh, as I said, could definitely see them, you know, moving up or down. Um, I, I think the thing that concerns me. Um, I like, I like Thorn. I like Hill, um, and I, mm-hmm. I like Coleman Lands, but I'm not sure if Coleman Lands, like I, I, you know, I said early on, if he can go from, you know, really nice freshman to. Okay, dude, we need you to be a star, you know, especially with none gone. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if he's ready for that. And I don't know what to make out of Abrams. You know, I don't know if he's like half terminator at this point, you know, with all the injuries right. and, and whatnot. you know, they'd be kind of cool, you know, if he was a like terminator or something. But uh Seriously I'm how not... does a guy
1: with three bad knees play basketball? It's unreal. Or two bad yeah. knees, sorry.
0: Yeah. So I mean I'm I'm not like I I just don't know what to expect there. And if if that position is like how it's been the last two years, I don't think there's a lot of hope because, I mean, if you have Kendrick Nunn, Malcolm Hill, and, you know, the point guard holds you back that much, you know, with two guys who can pass, who can handle the ball, um, it's hard to think that if you have that again without Nunn that you're going to get better. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, uh, I, I think this team has talent. I think they can be better if some of those piece question marks turn into, you know, good answers, but, uh, I'm, I'm not totally convinced yet, uh, which is why I have them at 10. Uh, and as I said, I, I think they're going to be right on the bubble or so. And I think it's just going to depend on a game or two, you know, whether they get in or, or whether, uh, the, the new AD is going to have, uh, some question marks here and some pressure, but, uh, um, but but with that, um, Brad, do you have any final thoughts here on Illinois um, hoops? And I also, what is your prediction for this weekend uh, for Illinois football? I know it, it hasn't been a nice oh. last couple of weeks, but uh, maybe things are turning up. I I, I don't know.
1: <laughs> hey, you're, you're a Michigan fan, so get your calendar out. October twelfth, two thousand nineteen. <laughs> Hear me out <laughs> Michigan will come back to Champaign Last time that happened Both teams were ranked Michigan won 17-7 in 2011 The last time Illinois played them Before that was that two-overtime Shootout in the big house Yeah, take four oh. C.A. for the win um, And then the year before that Was the Terry Hawthorne stops Roy Roundtree at the one-yard line Goal line oh. stand Three plays later Mikel DeShure 98 yards the other way for a touchdown and Illinois wins against Michigan at home for the first time since 1983 on Halloween um, in all orange jerseys. The what is managed to be put together um, in in that short time span, you look at Jim Harbaugh, you look at what he's doing with Michigan. And as we all see with football, Urban Meyer's Ohio State's Ohio State, Urban Myers, Urban Meyer. But, Um, Urban Meyer's got kind of a relatively short shelf life, um, as we saw with Florida, as we saw with Utah. I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of slowly move into, call it Bo Pelini land, shout out Nebraska, um, into 9-3, 8-4 territory. Um, while Michigan suddenly becomes the buzzsaw of the East. Obviously, Sparty's kind of – D'Antonio will keep them in the 8-win, 9-win range. That's fine. But I'm telling you, Michigan's going to turn into the buzzsaw of the East, and the fighting Lovey Smiths are going to turn into the buzzsaw of the West. And October 12, 2019, college game days in Champaign for Illinois-Michigan to preview – the big 10 football conference championship game that will be played that year in december in indianapolis mark it down baby we will see you there i
0: uh yeah i i will eagerly await that game in 2 years um, or no 3 years sorry 3 years we
1: got we got a little ways to go
0: still it's it's coming uh i would certainly like your scenario because it involves uh, my beloved Wolverines uh, becoming epic and awesome, uh, but we shall see. I'm, I'm very interested to see what happens with Illinois and Lovey Smith and uh, uh, what happens in Champaign. But, uh, but with that, Brad, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate it. A lot of interesting comments here on Illinois and uh, other topics. Um, and yeah, thanks again for joining us.
1: Hey, SB Nation's BT Powerhouse. You guys do great work. Uh, Big fan up here in the Chicagoland area. Again, everybody who's listening, thank you. Check them out throughout the season. There's awesome content. Uh, Check us out at the Champagne Room, the TCR podcast. Uh, We'll see if I can convince Thomas to join our podcast next time. It It could be kind of fun.
0: Definitely. Thanks again. Have a good one. Thanks, man. You too. Uh, yeah, and, and as a reminder to everyone, uh, that's Brad from over on the Champagne Room. Uh, it's actually first time we've had him on. Uh, Jim, who's the guy who we usually have on uh, from the Champagne Room, I um, guess he's busy, has some crazy stuff going on. But Brad is great, really likes Brad's stuff over uh, at the Champagne Room. Uh, if you're into Illinois, if you're just a Big Ten fan who just wants to see what's going on in the Illinois world, uh, they're a great resource, a lot of interesting stuff. Obviously, they're mainly football right now, but I'm sure in the next couple of weeks they will uh, start transitioning to basketball season. But with that, as always, I'm Thomas Bendit. You can check me out on Twitter at TBendit. Um, that's our podcast for this time. We'll be back shortly. I believe we're going to do our Nebraska preview over the weekend. So if you're a Corner Huskers fan, uh, be ready for that one. And we'll, we'll see you next time.